0: The Coon Hound Collective Podcast is brought to you by CZ Welding and Custom Dog Boxes. Dog boxes built by hunters for hunters. Check these guys out today. This is your host, Jason Snurrove, and I will be your guide as we journey down the road to pleasure hunt or hitting the long trail to those great cop hunts. This is the Coon Hound Collective. After reaching out to PKC, Sean Welch is the only person that they know of that has won the Super Stakes and the National Championship in the same year with the same dog. This is going to be a great interview. Stay tuned.
1: You know, you got to go out there and, and work hard to do it, and it can be done. Any, anybody can win if they, they put their mind to it. And it's not, if it was so corrupt, I'd have never won a national championship or, or the super stakes. You know, I mean, it's just, it never would have happened. I never even got there. So all that Facebook talk, I I mean, it's a, it's a joke. A lot of it.
0: Welcome to the Coonhound Collective podcast today. Today, we're going to be joined by Mr. Sean Welch. He will be joining us via telephone. Stand by. All right. Welcome to the Coonhound Collective podcast today. Today, I have Mr. Sean Welch with me sean how's it going
1: doing fine how are
0: you oh pretty good man hey uh won't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself where you're from and that kind of thing
1: okay i'm from south carolina i'm about 50 miles outside of charleston um born and raised here uh 41 years old i have three children and a wife um got two boys and a girl three three six and twelve Um, just, just, uh, in the heat of South Carolina right now, it's, it's, uh, it's a warming right now, but we, we, we still making it through it. Yeah. Um,
0: so, uh, how how did you get into coon hunting? Tell, Tell us that story, how you got started.
1: I got into coon hunting, um, started when I was in high school and in college. Um, I had some friends, they still coon hunt. Today, um, Chad fallen and his father, Thomas falling and Uncle Wally fallen. They, they lived about 15 miles from me and I would just go pleasure hunting with them. That's way before we had, you know, decent tracking systems and all. We'd hunt about all night long, especially on the weekends. Um, and then uh, I kind of took a little break there for a little while, um, single kind of just wasn't doing all the right things. We kind of partying a little bit doing, you know, it's kind of hard to coon hunt when you're doing other other things. And um, I quit drinking about six years ago, 2017, 16 or 17, it was late 16. And uh, I started back coon hunting. Then I got a dog named Amtrak. And um, he was about a year old. And I started working on him and, uh, had a friend jack funner he said man that dog's doing pretty good you need to take him to a hunt and uh i didn't even you know know a whole lot about competition hunting then and i ended up going to a competition and won my first hunt and the first one i was ever in and i kind of got hooked after that um, yeah. before yeah. i knew it two weeks two, two weeks later i was going to the super stakes and i didn't even know what super stakes was <laughs>
0: Yeah, it, it kind of ruins you once you once you get in there, especially once you once you get a, a win or two in, it, it really it'll really ruin you then.
1: Yes, sir. It gets very very addictive.
0: So what kind of dogs did you start with back when you was in high school? Was they walker dogs they, or or what?
1: Yeah, they were all walker dogs. Um I pretty much always hunted walker dogs. Um me and Miles Jernigan, a friend of mine. That I watched, you know, growing up hunting all my life. He's probably been cooning up for sixty years. He's, I think, he's about 60 to seven. My dad's about the same age. He grew up in the same town, and we never really hunted together, but I always, you know, watched him hunting with his dad, and we hunted around the same areas. And um, anyway, we we did buy English female birdie, blue English, and that's the all besides her and her one of her puppies. That's that's the only. Um, Dog that wasn't a Walker dog that I've I've, I've hunted. He so, got a pretty nice nice puppy. That's some Blue English and out of Big Country, um, so Blue tick and Blue English cross.
0: So the Amtrak dog, the one that you won your first hunt with, and and I, I guess you end up taking him to the Super Stakes. What was what was he and what was he out of? And tell us a little bit. He about was
1: out him. of he was out of Drop Dead Fred uh, Schooner, Schooner River um, bloodline. Um he was a very, very loud dog. I had a, a a pastor that um he you know, he's the pastor of my church and he coon hunted. We started back going a little bit. He had an English dog that was he just pleasure hunting. I started going him a little bit and um I told him I wanted a, a big houndy um loud walker dog and uh, he said I found the exact one for you that you needed and anyway that was am tracking um he was a very very loud loud as a puppy even he was he was real loud and yeah he he's a ball ball mouth dog D- didn't chop much at all but um he was he was more of a track dog and uh still got him to this day a friend of mine um is hunting him right now ray watson he's hunting him up in the upstate of south carolina and uh Jay ray's had him for a couple months now he's he's seven years old now he's still a tree and coons
0: yeah so you won that first hunt with him what what was you took him to the super stakes I'm assuming and, and what, what what was that cast like out there
1: It it was good um I uh I lost my first cast we had 325 plus I lost another guy had 350 and beat me on my first cast ever at you know at a larger scale hunt of course was, I hadn't been hunting but about 2 or 3 weeks of competition hunting and then we went the next night we had 5 and a quarter um, we looked, we went to, um, Illinois, which was in the, Indiana at the time, Superstates was, went over to Illinois and he put on a show. He, uh, he treated 160 yards out the truck and, and didn't stop after that. Treed two more and had another one that I didn't have to score. And, um, he looked, looked really good. And We, um, we won two early rounds and, and lost the both late rounds. Um, a lot of, a lot of, because of my inexperience at the time, but um that was the first first hunt and i made him you know uh back then as uh, you know a champion that was you just wanted to make your dog a champion where i did anyway because i was just getting started i i got a certificate in the mail and i thought that was the best thing in the world you know won five hundred dollars on my dog and um then we went on and we got we made it silver champion i i'll never forget that he he made silver champion won four thousand four thousand dollars there and and then um I, I never made him gold champion i started hunting other dogs but um he he's he's won like $9,800 he's right under under a gold champion and I still own him he's a it never he'll never never get rid of him he's he's still part of he's kind of part of the family even though I got a friend hunting him but he's part of he's part of the family
0: yeah well I think that's a lot of it with uh with a lot of hunters you end up getting that special dog and you hang on to them and they they just become come like one of your kids you know just something about going out there seeing them in the pen or loading them up taking them you know every once in a while
1: well he he helped me um i i just i quit drinking alcohol and um i had a had a little i had my daughter she's six years old now and and um i was talking to my wife one day you know we we drank we didn't you know wasn't no alcoholic or nothing but we liked to drink and hang out with with friends and you know go on the boat, it because we live right here on the lake, whatever, you know, it was always association with drinking, drinking alcohol, drinking alcohol, and, and coon hunting and alcohol just don't mix anyway, and um, I, I started going to going to church with my pastor to coon hunted, and I've been going there for a couple of years, and I, I decided I wanted to quit drinking, and when I did, um, I took Amtrak in the woods about 35 nights in a row, and um, we hunted from three to 8 hours a night there and uh he was just he's special to me because I can I remember those that time I was going through that I, I was trying to quit stay away from stay away from the alcohol and the, and the and the different partying and everything associated with it so that's why he's he'll, he'll I'll never forget him I guess what I'm saying he was my first one and and he had a lot to do with me changing my life
0: yeah and you know they they talk about you know get a young kid a a coon dog and you'll keep them out of trouble but a lot of times that keeps a lot of us out of trouble especially if you dedicate your time to them and put them in the woods sound like you did with uh with amtrak there what what some other things that you've won with him
2: are you tired of whipping scolding and shocking to make them get alone is your buddy tired of helping you set your dog up for correction night after night Do you really want your dog to be alone because you forced him to be? Or would you rather him be alone because he wants to be? Grand Knight Champion Small Town Lone Survivor is the product of over 25 years of strong natural-born independent traits. This bold trait has been passed down from generation to generation and is showing up in Loner Offspring today. Loner is a direct son of Hall of Fame Grand Night Champion Cabin Creek Rowdy and Grand Night Champion Lonesome Dove Lori. Loner has a booming mouth that is talked about in every cast he has been in, including the 2021 World Hunt Finals. Loner is a no-reverse, ball mouth open trailer who ends it plussed up with a huge dying locate and steady chop. Loner loves getting split and is a stay-put gun-pressure tree dog. Loner's intelligence is also impressive. He knows over 12 voice and hand signal commands. Loner has a character that loves like Jesus, but he doesn't walk on water. If you're interested in breeding to Loner, contact Brett Stevens at Small Town English Kennels at 417 300 3777 or find him on Facebook.
0: If you're interested in running a stud ad for your dog here on the Coonhound Collective podcast, reach out to us at thecoonhoundcollective at gmail.com. Send us a message through Facebook or Instagram, and we'll be glad to get with you to get your ad built and get you pricing on all of our ads.
1: Um, with Amtrak, we won. Uh, we won a couple. Our first final four. I'll never forget it. It was in in March. Um, it might us. It was probably the year after the year after we went to Super States. Um, we won our first final four. And I'm, and I'm hunting Manning, South Carolina. Um, we uh, got in the final four at the Spring Classic. It's probably the second biggest hunt I've ever been out of town besides the Super Stakes. Um, we went out, out to about six or seven of us went out to Spring Classic one year up in Ohio. I've never hunted up there. If you had not ever had a chance, it's a beautiful place, got plenty of coons. And um, we had 700 plus one night and hunted with Don Dunlap, had a real good hunt. And um, I think we won, won about every cast we were in that that week up there but we got in the final four once there and he's just been in some final fours he he hadn't won any never won anything real big um got a truck ticket went hunting to mississippi we didn't do any good there but um he's uh he's won probably six or seven you know different final fours and open events won several cast several casts at the super stakes you know freshman number junior so sophomore junior and senior year
0: yeah so you you're talking a lot of pkc here did you did you hunt in any ukc events at all or is pkc predominantly what was around you
1: i hunted down um, P- pkc is a lot a lot that's what was around us we have a little bit of ukc i hunted them one time and um in the grand american i thought i wanted to hunt the grand american so I, I did and it was snowing that year here we we only get snow about once every 10 years and um it was snowing that year roses froze over probably shouldn't even went out hunting as bad as it was but we did and i hunted in that that was the only ukc hunt i've ever put him in
0: okay so amtrak you uh got your buddy hunting him there so what what dog did you move to to next
1: um i uh had a another dog the same age as amtrak jojo and my partner ken stood my partner this day he um he hunted her and we got in the top six of the super stakes with her um then uh I, I started training the one year old um she was a power packing easy female and her name was sleazy and the guys down in florida ended up buying her from me i hunted her for a couple years there and as a three-year-old i, I sold sold them sleazy and, then I was kind of just hunting Amtrak a little bit, you know, and, uh, kind of bouncing back and forth and, and, uh, and started hunting Cell. He changed a lot, a lot for me when I started hunting him.
0: So tell us, tell us where Cell come from, kind of, kind of the background on him and, uh, what, what, the, what things you've seen different in him than maybe some of the other dogs that you've had.
1: Well, Cell, um, he's a wipeout out bloodline and I got him from I had a partner bruce rabin he's a he's a good good pup trainer he, he started off with cell and um as a one-year-old we ended up partnering up together and hunted with him here and there i liked him he he was a he's a trail a trailing type dog and he'll come up with a coon very accurate and um i started hunting with him and and I was gonna hunt him as a one year old at the super stakes and um my mom was real sick and I didn't end up going and Patrick Griffin ended up hunting him and got in the final seven and um and then Bruce Bruce kept on hunting him, and um he went to the world hunting, didn't do any good. Um as a I guess he I guess that was, you know, early two year old that year and um he was kinda of aggravated with him. I, I I found out that he was He was treating a bunch of den trees at that point. And um, Bruce said he wanted to go ahead and partner up with another friend of ours, Ken, and we all partnered up together and we got together with him and I started hunting him and noticed he started treating some squirrels. And um, I think that's what he was doing with Bruce at the World Hunt that year. And and, uh, anyway, I I hunted him and worked out the squirrel problem he had and just kept on, kept on going, and finally took him to town after about a month and a half of hunting. And we, uh, we doubled up at a legacy hunt on a Friday and Saturday night. It was a two-day legacy hunt. We doubled up on uh, both of those nights, one four casts in a row, and uh, won about eight hundred and I think it was eight hundred eighty dollars two four forties or whatever you know, open event money. And we had pretty much close enough to go ahead and get a truck ticket on him. So I ran him. The rest of the month, and we ended up getting about fourteen hundred for the month, and had a truck ticket. And uh, that's 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 how everything started with Sel. And he's just a he's just an old trailing type type dog that he's going to get in there, he's going to get struck, and he's going to um, get a tree with a coon somewhere. The most accurate dog I've ever hunted in my life, probably one of the most accurate dogs I've ever hunted with. Um, even even when he was younger.
0: So, okay, you, you they took him out as a one-year-old um, to the Super Stakes, then to the World Hunt. What what year did you win the Super Stakes with him?
1: Uh, 2000, let's see, it was um 2021 20, when he won the Super Stakes.
0: Okay, would that have been
1: a uh, no. senior? A year yeah it was, no it was um it was his junior year
0: junior year okay yeah so talk about leading up to the super states getting ready to go out there for it and then kind of how that week went
1: well um we uh we had hunted in january and we hunted in a, um a thousand dollar hunt in st george south Carolina. it was a pro classic and um sale sale was looking looking real good um One of my partners had been in the hospital with COVID for about 30 days and he was just getting out and uh i took sale to that hunt and we um we won early we took him back out one one late we won six thousand dollars that night and um he was looking you know he he was looking real good we uh we kept hunting through the months and picked up ended up picking up about twenty thousand dollars leading up to um, uh the nationals and the super stakes and, and the nationals that year was was two years combined and uh we we headed on out to the nationals that march and um and the super stakes followed it you know two weeks later in April and we uh went out there and sailed looked real good we won we lost lost the first night we was up there and we uh ended up doubling up and ended up winning the whole thing in the Nationals. And um, then we went up to the Super States a couple weeks later. And I don't know, I've never felt this, felt like this before in my life. He, he just kept, he kept looking, you know, unbelievable the whole time. He, he never, never really went back. Some dogs will go back on you and they'll, they'll start trying you and all. He just, he just had coon hunting on his mind, coon hunting on his mind every every night we went and um we went back up to super Stakes and i felt pretty confident that we could win and, and everybody expected us to win after we just won the national championship so um we went out there and we ended up getting in the final cast and we, and we won that too he was just a just a smooth and easy he made it easy on me
0: yeah yeah i'd say so so um you know they say winning the nationals is Probably one of, one of the or the toughest hunt to win but to win the national and super stakes in the same year i mean not only are you putting miles on you your dog your equipment your your vehicles and stuff what 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 did you do to kind of prepare yourself for just the mental aspect of that to, to be out there and on the road that much and in the woods with the dog that much, you know, making sure he was at the top of his game.
1: Well, um, you know, we, South Carolina, that's probably our best hunting from November to uh, I'd say April. And um, I just, we, we prepared all year, you know, starting in January and we, we started winning a little bit. We won that. We won a twenty thousand dollars there, and um, there was a, way more. A bunch of hunts, you know, in February and March, and I just I pulled them out of the hunts. I said, you know, I'm not going to hunt any of these hunts. And um, you know, we did real well in the month of January here. I'm just going to get them ready for the nationals and the superstakes. And going going up to a big hunt like that, it's it's a it's a commitment about five or six nights of a week, um, five or six nights a week commitment that you got to make if you want to go there and compete like you said it's probably one of the hardest things in the world to to win is the national championship you got dogs that's won a thousand dollars in that year you know in the top 12 or their state or you got gold champions platinum champions world champions super state champions um i don't know how many dogs i've hunted and look at the cast and it'd be over two hundred thousand dollars, you know of, of earnings in that cast and some, sometimes more so we just we beat the woods and and um and caught a lot of breaks and and he was operating um we, we always go out there you know it's tough on my family because i always leave about at least three or four days before the hunt starts and got a place a couple places up in illinois we'll hunt and um, indiana and illinois we'll go hunting and uh try to get the dog acclimated cuz it's rough on the dog too, you know, going 12 hours, it's a 12-hour trip. And you just got to have it in your mind knowing that you're you're going out there for 8 or 10 days and you're going away from your family, you got to make the best of it and you don't want to go unprepared. You got to be prepared once you show up. And that still don't mean you're going to win.
0: Yeah, for sure. And like you said you're going up up against the some of the best dogs in the country, you know, especially at the Nationals and um i had brett denny on the podcast uh here a few weeks ago and he he kind of touched on what you touched on there about you know your family and uh what, what what does it mean to you to have a family behind you that supports you that uh is helping you kind of pursue after your dream
1: it's, it means the world to me um uh, it, it starts from everybody here at my house and then it goes on to my mom and dad uh, me and my dad on a Napa Auto park store together and I sell real estate too, and um, he uh, he always supports me. You know, he, he told me, you know, you're ready to go. You, you just go, you know, I'll take care of things here. And um, the same for my wife, with the kids, you know, she's she stays here with the kids and um, takes care of things. And uh, it's, if you don't have a good support group, even all the way down to, um, I got friends, Mr. Miles, as I talked about earlier, and, and John High, and Ken, my partner. Um, you know, without those guys also going in the woods, beating the bushes at night, and maybe just driving the truck just to pick me up, you know, two miles from where we turned loose at, or whatever. So we do a lot of walking um, while we're getting prepared. So you can listen and you know get your mind mindset. And just to have somebody out there in the woods, which it means a lot. It's, it's even my my coon hunting family. Um, it means a lot to have the support from them
0: yeah for sure and you know i can I, i've never hunted on a stage like that um i, I can only imagine the for for me anyway that the nerves would be would be on edge there until till that first dog made a bark and everybody kind of got struck in
1: <laughs> oh yeah it it's uh it was um at the nationals there it, it was um real i was real nervous to start with uh everything kind of flowed flowed after that um, had, had Steve Yan on the cast, and of course, he, you know, he's, he's, a, I respect him. He's won it a couple of times and been in a bunch of final casts, and he's probably won three or four hundred thousand dollars or more in his lifetime. And, um, it, I going into that, knowing, knowing what I was up against, it it, it had me nervous until we, till we cut loose, you know, and, um, Shane Patton was our judge, and, uh, you know, it was it was a little intense to start with until till we treated Coon and and um then treated another one then i then i felt pretty good i i could relax a little bit but
0: won't you uh if you can remember there tell tell us what dogs were on that final cast there at the national and kind of kind of walk us through that final cast uh and to the point of you knew you had it won
1: okay we had um we had Miss B and um and then uh we had steve and and uh um, jock jumped up and tripping and we uh we cut loose and steve struck for 100 and um b was struck for 75 and i ended up getting struck for 50 um after b treed and uh Cell was about 30 yards left handed to B, and um, he fell treed. And um, we were headed in headed to B. Her tree time was up, and I wouldn't tree cell because I knew he was split uh, up on a kind of up on a little hill. And he um, started walking to B, and she packed up and left and um, took a 100 minus. So I automatically treat cell went to him, he had a coon, so I had 150 plus. Jacques was way out the country and cut cell loose. And he went in there and he got struck again, and I struck him for a quarter and he went on in there and he fell treating And um, we were walking to Jacques was well, Jacques fell treat and Steve treated him and sell treated right handed from us and I treated him while they were going to Jacques and went and handled him and um jock had a coon and we went to sell cell had a coon and jock, um jock he went back the same tree uh and then um see b got treed and um i guess he was leash locked and so he treated jock back there steve did because he went back the same tree and uh, I could pull a cell out the tree, had a coon I, I felt pretty good because we were down We were down into low 20 minutes at that point. And um, pretty much had it locked up. I had, I had two coons treed and um, B ended up having a coon. I, I saw it in the den, it come out a hole. And um, plus that one up. And then now we headed to Jacques and he's on the same tree. I didn't know for a fact that he was, but everybody, we was even looking on Facebook and all while we were sitting there waiting. They said they, they thought he was back on the same trigger. They, they streamed it live and um sounded like he was in the same location anyway. We got in he's on the same tree and the the judge decided to call timeout with seven minutes left. That made me a little bit nervous because that opened the strike back up. Um then that way B could have could could slip in there and beat me. Um but they had to they had to the trick coon in seven minutes to do it. And we cut loose on the back where we turned loose at and there was a little field edge right there and they ran down this field edge and um i ended up striking 400 and Jacques struck 75 and um b couldn't beat me unless i i got minus um anyway she had the trick too and i had to get get minus so I, I knew i had at least second place so Jacques was one that could beat me in Still went there and fell tree with about a minute left and the other two didn't tree. We didn't I didn't tree him. We went in there and he had another coon. So until the last minute I, I, I didn't know it was over with. I felt good with twenty minutes left and it all changed when we got there and called timeout. So I, I didn't really get to feel good until the end of what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, I, I could imagine with that timeout being called with seven minutes left to go in the cast, that that could probably really st- get your heart pumping a little bit there
1: yes sir it, it, it had had me going a little bit especially with the lead but um it all worked out the way it was supposed to i feel like so it, it ended up ended up being good and we won and it was a overwhelming overwhelming time for sure
0: yeah. So, you know, obviously you've been in quite a few PKC casts, and I want to talk about the super stakes, uh, final cast here in a minute. But before we do, you know, you see on social media a lot, you know, a lot of these guys talking about being cheated and, you know, competition hunting is corrupt. And you, you know, I, I took some lessons back in the day for 15, $20 at a time. Um, but it wasn't that I got cheated it was that I didn't know the the rules to, to use them to my advantage the best that I could. Do, do, do you experience the same thing? Or or do you, do you kind of feel the way they do that um, there's a lot of cheating and corruption going on out there? Hey guys, this is Jason over at the Coonhound Collective Podcast. Is your dog box starting to get war? Maybe it's starting to get a little crack like mine is. Maybe you've just been thinking about it's time to upgrade to a to a new box, but... You've asked your buddies and you're just not real sure what direction to go in. Well, let me help you out here. Go check my friends out at CZ Welding and Fabrication Custom Doll Boxes and Aluminum Products on Facebook. You can check out all their custom work they do there and their designs that they do. If you don't see something that you don't exactly like there, reach out to Nathan at 540 810 810 5439 540 810 5439, or send him a message through the Facebook page. I bet he can fix you up. Don't wait till fall to get that new dog box. Go ahead, get that dog box now. Get you uh, get you something looking good in the back of your truck that, that you can be proud of and that you can haul your dog around in comfort. Check my friends out at CZ Welding and Fabrication. You won't go wrong. Dog box is built by hunters. Four hunters get yours today cz welding and fabrication hey guys jason at the coonhound collective podcast today i'm here to talk to you about a benefit hunt that's coming up the state of missouri coon hunters association is holding the annual shriners children's hospital benefit hunt on september the 24th 2022. This is a UKC sanctioned event. There will be a bench show and a night hunt. There will also be a auction on the grounds at one o'clock. For more information on that, you can go to the Shriners Children's Hospital Benefit Stud Dog Auction and more on Facebook and check it out. You can scroll down through there. The winner of the bench show is going to get a CZ custom dog box. The winner of the night hunt is going to get the same custom dog box there's a dog box up for auction right now over there and a ton of stud dogs really nice dogs be a good opportunity to reserve a breeding uh, for one of these dogs get it but get your name in there stay on top of it Make sure you win it so you can uh, get a good breeding for that good female that you got out there. Uh, And there's a ton more other prizes. There's puppies being given away, uh, some young young dogs that are being auctioned, Uh, a, a lot of good things. Coon hunters are coming together for a great cause here. Help us make this hunt a large hunt here in Missouri. Help us raise some money to, to give to the Shriners Hospital. Uh, the, these guys are excited. They're, they're, all, they're really on fire here to try to make this hunt big. They're making a push here to make it. So help these guys out to uh, really make this hunt a, a big hunt. You can reach out to Larry Bourbon if you don't have Facebook. And his phone number is 636 388 5420 636 or you can also reach out to colton ingram and his phone number 636-249-3330 636-249-3330 if you have something that you can auction off get with these guys they'll get it posted up on the page and get the auction running anything and everything doesn't have to be coon hunter coon hunted related get it to them Let's help these guys raise money for a great cause here. Coon hunters always come together to help other people. This is a great cause to help people. Let's help the state of Missouri Coon Hunter Association send a big check to the Shriners Hospital. Thanks.
1: Well, if if they're getting cheated, it's their own fault because they don't know the rules. they, they've got avenues set up where you can question anything. You can have a panel. I mean, um, you know, you just got to be smart enough to know what's right and what's wrong. And if you're getting cheated, you, you let yourself get cheated. I, I've never personally, um, yeah, I've had a few lessons like you said, you know, here and there. Um, but personally, I'd say 90% of my cast are smooth, easy going. Um, the best dog normally wins, if the handler doesn't make a mistake, of course. Um, but you got to do your job. The dog's got to do his job, and everything's got to work out. Um, I, I, these guys that sit there on Facebook and talk about how to, it's corrupt and it's cheating, and um, you know PKC's doing this and they, they, all these big money hunts is doing this and all that. You know, there, there's those guys are sitting there talking. They probably hadn't been in the hunt. And forever or never been to one, and then um, there there's an opportunity at any level at this game to, to go and play. If You want to play for thirty dollars, or you want to play for fifty. It's just like like gambling in a casino. You can play at the five dollar table, or you can go and play at the thousand dollar table. Um, you know, it's just it's set up for everybody. You know, with these local hunts and all, you pay thirty dollars and go hunt. You can pay fifty dollars and go hunt. You um you can you can I used to love to, to run the state race um to go into the world hunt stuff like that that was just a like a privilege to go to it when I first got started or super Super and but uh, the state race was something I really I enjoyed um huh? and to be able to go compete for the state hunt <laughs> so you can you can hunt in anything you want to and be involved in a race and a championship of anything you want to and, and not spend the money at the bigger hunts, even the three hundred dollar entry at the world hunt or, or the national championship or, or whatever. But if you nominate your dog for seventy five or hundred dollars, you can go hunt at the world hunt when you have to win a hundred dollars in open events and you can go to the world hunt for hundred dollars and, and hunt at the world hunt level and hunt with every dog in the country. So um you know and compete for thirty thousand dollars. I I I don't know why where these guys get it from. Um I like I said, I've had uh, non-hunting judges and cast a, a, a ton of them. I've had open event rules where we, you know, we had one judge that was competing in the cast, and um, they do a pretty good job with 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 judge selection at, at PKC. I have to give them that. That there's not a whole lot of issues, and Shane's been doing a real good job. Now that he's he's taken over, and you'll you'll very very rarely see um, questions coming back to the clubhouse or and have to have a panel hearing because you know most of the guys that they're they're hunting a good dog and you you don't have to have to worry about all the all the bs
0: yeah well i couldn't agree more with uh what you said there i mean my my experience has been you know especially here as of late hunting and you know some some of these pkc uh casts which most of mine are the $30 open events that I've been to. Um, they, they're just, there's just not the arguing and, and, and fussing and carrying on that, that I see anyway. I mean, they're, you know, they, they may, you know, Hey, what about this? What about that? But it's, you know, it's usually worked out right there and you know, it is what it is. And then you either know the rule or you don't know the rules.
1: That's correct. You know, um, there's, there's, <laughs> they they people complain you know I, i'm a nobody these guys are are you know hunted all their life and this and that and they they won all these hunts and all i mean i've i've i was just a you know a guy from south carolina that just started coon hunting in the last you know, competition coon hunting in the last six years and and you know everybody's got opportunity I, my dream was to win a a world hunt or a national championship or even a super stakes or you know any, any any big hunt that was out of town and um and i was able to accomplish it and, and uh, you know i just i tell guys all the time that you know you got to go out there and and work hard to do it and it can be done any, anybody can win if they if they put their mind to it and it's not if it was so corrupt i'd have never won a national championship or the super stakes you know i mean it just never would have happened i never even got there so all that facebook talk i i mean it's a it's a joke a lot of it
0: yeah well and you know i had lane denny on the podcast here uh i don't know it's been probably close to a month ago and you know he he was touching on you know knowing the rules and stuff like that but one one thing that i that i do know from talking to, to lane uh not only on the podcast but just in regular conversation and uh Brandon Gaines is another one he'll be coming his podcast will be coming out this Thursday while we're at the time of us recording this one is those guys lay out there in the woods with those dogs I, I mean they they don't just treat it as I'm coming home and yeah maybe I feel like going coon hunting tonight because I want to go and I enjoy it they're serious about going to these hunts and winning and they're, they're treating it almost like a job to go out there and get themselves prepared and get that dog prepared so they can go and compete at that high level
1: yeah yes sir and it is um you know i two back two years ago um we went out to the fall super stakes and i had sleazy that might have been three years now it was three years ago i had sleazy and she was a fall dog and um my partner ken he was partners with me and her too and and uh we only had you know, one dog to hunt, but we all went up there and I took I took all the other dogs that we had. I had I had about six or seven dogs at the time and um I worked on them. I, I told Ken, I said, You hunt sleazy in this hunt. I'm not even gonna hunt the super stakes. I'm gonna go hunt some land we got. And I hunted all week up there and just pleasure hunted, you know, went to a big hunt, but I didn't, you know, I wasn't involved in it. I just pleasure hunted all week up there. And worked on dogs, worked on dogs. I knew we were coming back in three three weeks to the world hunt, and I wanted to be ready. And and you know we laid laid in the woods every night after that. It's rough on here in South Carolina. Get ready for world because you know we alligators and snakes, and, and uh, it's it's hot. And of course, um, you know this time of the year, and we are trying to get ready and trying to keep our dogs in shape. And I, I laid I laid out all all summer hunting sleazy and and Amtrak and Jojo and a friend of mine that got partners with Buddy, Buddy, another dog, and um, went up there to world hunting. We ended up doubling up three three in a row, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, um, hunted, hunted each dog each night and, and done real well. And that, that right there proved to me that it takes a lot of time um, to get these dogs ready. Stay in the woods, and it's not no two nights a week. Or I go and I'm gonna hunt a couple hours, and um you know, go home. You 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 lose time with your 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 family because you're tired. You got to you just got to suck it up and and um and, and go out there and hunt, hunt hard, get ready. Because some some of these guys that are hunting every day, they they do hunt like it like it's their job or it is their job. And you're competing against that they don't they don't have to get up and go to work the next day so they can hunt 10 or 12 hours a night so if you're if you're not keeping up with what they're doing and training then and it's just like any other sport you're gonna fall behind and you're not gonna make it
0: yeah and that's kind of what lane touched on was you know you have you know basically baseball camps and basketball camps and football camps and you know th- those those kids or or young young adults are preparing themselves for the next level and that's that's what we have to that's what we have to strive for you know with our hounds as well so and that's correct let's, uh, let's let's talk about now we we you've won the national championship and now now we're going to go to the super stakes talk, talk about that uh last cast there who was on that cast and kind of what
1: what that was like um we had um wicked ambush dog and um i can't remember the other dog we had for some reason but uh we went out and uh, i never felt more confident in my life about a hunt i don't know why um i told mr miles and a couple of guys before i left i said we're gonna go win this thing um and it was just it it was overwhelming that the feeling that i had I, I didn't think i could be beat which is crazy the craziest thing in the world because you can get beat any night competition hunting with a with a coon dog and we went out there and we cut loose and um it was windy golly it was so windy it was blowing 30 mile an hour probably could, could barely hear the dogs and i got struck self struck for 100 probably after 10 minutes in the hunt and um he got it and he trailed and trailed and trailed and uh Another guy ended up getting the stationary put on him. Um, I can't remember that dog's name for some reason, but we went over there and um, he had to tree it and ended up uh, just treeing on some water, around some water and he took a hundred minus and self fell treed and I treed him and we, we walked to him, It's probably, you know, 90 minute cast that was probably 50 minutes gone or so when we was getting to him. And uh, he had a coon for 200 and um, we recut him and I struck back in for a quarter. and We sat around there for a while. I don't know, it was probably 25 minutes left. Um, we started easing back towards the other dogs and ended up here in ambush and he got treed we went to him, he had a coon for 150, and um, we recut him with like 12, 15 minutes left, and Sal was trailing around, trailing around. And, um, hunt got hunt was over with. We won We won with one coon, which is very rare, but uh, ended up getting freed again and ended the hunt, but um, we had 200, and ambush got second, 150, the other dog had 100 minus. But it was a real smooth cast um brett matter of fact brett denny was the judge talking about brett he ju- he's judged me a, multiple times and uh, a good guy and a good judge fair judge he asked me if he could walk towards ambush um even though we wasn't hearing him and uh you know i i, I probably shouldn't have but was the right thing to do sportsman like it was to walk towards him to give him an opportunity to get treated, because uh, he was in the hunt too, and um, they asked about five mine splitting the difference, even though my dog, you know, was here here struck in and we could hear him, so we ended up walking and so we could hear him. And like I said, he got treated, and it, it and it worked out the way it was supposed to. We ended up winning and um, did the right thing and let let the guy, you know, let a guy get treated. And uh, I think Brad appreciated it too, because it kind of took some pressure off him because he other. Handler was ready to get to try to get his dog treat in, but Brett handled the cast exactly how how I would have. And talking about you had him on the podcast. He he's he's a he's a good guy and a good judge. And if somebody says he cheated you. There's there's something wrong.
0: Yeah, well he's he's actually from down around my old stomping grounds. I'm actually from southeast Alabama and just talking to him a few times on the phone, he seems like a, a really good guy and I really enjoyed uh, having him on the podcast for sure. Um so you win the super stakes with, with sale, now you now you won the the national championship and then the super stakes all in the in the same year. Um what's uh what what what's the future looking like now? And I, I'm assuming you're still hunting, sale and are you offering him up for stud at all, or are you just hunting still, or what what's going on there? We
1: we're, we're doing a little bit of both. We um we left we left the super stakes there, and decided we was gonna go back to Indiana, Illinois a little bit that summer, and uh cause there's no hunts really around Saukana with with all the alligators and everything. You know we have a few 30 fifty dollar hunts and stuff like that here but you're always taking a chance cutting one loose here in the summer so we went back up north and hunted in Ohio and Indiana Illinois some pro classics um, and um, went to Greencastle and went to Milton Indiana and um, uh, Mount of uh, Ohio we won we won a couple casts at each each one each place we went to and won some, picked up some more money there and um, then we ended up winning a little bit through, through the fall and the first of the year there. And around February, we, we, we broke the $100,000 mark at a, um, at a three, we had three $1,000 pro classes here in South Carolina and uh, in Ridgeland. And we won, let see, one, two, three, four casts in a row. We split the first night, and that made us—that broke the hundred thousand mark. That was something I wanted to accomplish with them. After we won in the Super States and Nationals, and we was hoping we could get there. That was just a goal, you know. And uh, we got there, and then we won. Next night, we hunted it off, and we won it. We won early and late, and then the next night we we hunt we hunted it off again, and we won early and got second late. Anyway, that's. We we still gonna continue to hunt them. Um, me and Ken's plans are to, to hunt them some, and we going we gonna have them stud out. Stud it out. Also, if somebody wants to breed to them, um, they welcome to the breed to them. We've we've got um, some pups on the ground doing real well. Um, they are about nine months old out of a female JoJo that we had we had for a while, and she um she got to the top of six super stakes. She probably won about sixteen seventeen thousand dollars in PKC. Um, but anyway, her pups had five pups, and they're doing real well. Um, I, I know three of them's screen coons for sure, and um, we had another pup off another litter. Only ended up having one. We were doing some trying some side by side breeding or whatever, where they they collect sperm and, and and put it in the female, and that didn't work out too well for us. So we we let live bred some females out of the super steaks and. We had nine pups uh, last week. Um, a dog Isaac Bond has in Kentucky, and um, we're looking forward to them. And we just bred the White Trash Hillary dog. Waylon morrell has got um, out of New York. They came came down from New York, and we bred them. And he sent me a picture yesterday. She she looks pretty, pretty pregnant. We we looking forward to those pups. She's she's been a good reproducer about everything Waylon's bred to her. Um, has, has really turned out real well. They've got some nice, nice females. They're hunting now and um, we looking forward to that litter. And we're gonna, we, we bred them, Stephen Smith and Ryan Edie, Cochran, they they bred a female, um, probably two or three weeks, probably three or four weeks ago now, I guess. Time flies by and uh, hopefully we'll have some good ones out of that litter and um, we're gonna breed them a little bit and through the summer and just start back hunting again we probably won't go to any huts till till the world hunt and we'll, we'll start back then and hunt through the fall and in the winter
0: yeah well that'd be something to be able to take him out to the world and win it uh, you know the the national super stakes in the world that that would be quite of an accomplishment for sure
1: yes sir we we'd like to do it he, he got in the top 25 this year um at the world and um past year 2021 that you know after the super stakes and the national championship win um we ended up getting beat by goose um that ended up winning the whole thing the goose was loose in salem and he looked really good and and beat us and ended up winning it all i was was glad for him and joe and and their team um great guys and um you know we we wanted to be in the final cast That, that was the goal um i didn't know if we could win it but We wanted to try to be in a be in the final cast of the World Hunt. That's that's probably the next goal that we that we'd have. I would think try to make it to make it to that.
0: Yeah. So, how old is Sale now?
1: Sale Sale is three. He'll be four in September.
0: Okay. Yeah. That's that's what I was thinking. Three or four. Yes, sir. Okay, so other than sale, do you got something on the back burner there you ain't told nobody about yet that, you, that you're that you working on or, or is it just sale you're focused on right now?
1: Well, I'm kind of down to the two that we focused on, me and me and Miles Jernigan, our breakfast, you talked about earlier. We got a, a bird in the big country female. Um, her name is Riggs, and she she is um, a one-year-old. Took her to super stakes this year. She won won early round. Miles was hunting her, and he won early round. With her, I hunted her late and ended up losing. But she, she came in heat. The next day, she started swelling, and um, we we wasn't expecting her to come in heat. We we think we should have done. We'd have done a whole lot better to stakes this year as a one-year-old. Spring super stakes. but she's um she's one I'm gonna concentrate on this year. Her her and sale they they're they're the they're the main the main objective but if I had one that I'd say that that's up and coming, she's, she's going to be, be the one she's very accurate and she don't care about what another dog's doing doing. She's going to get in there and get, get treated with a coon somewhere.
0: Yeah. Just to touch on something. I, I just, I think it's, you know, people get so um, breed minded, you know, a certain breed certain way and, and, and granted, I understand a lot of it is, you know, this worked for me. Why change it up type thing? But I, I find it interesting that you've mostly predominantly hunted walker dogs. And then you have that little female there that, that, um, you're really pushing it. Was, was there something behind that? Just wanting a big country pup? Or, or was there something else that you've seen
1: there? Uh, I, really, the way it, it turned out, um, you know, John Ashley we called him about breeding birdie we mr miles you know he talked to me about wanting to maybe breed her and we we found we her what what the breeder to and you know country you know he was he was throwing some good pups and um babe babe was turning on about that time and um always got along real well with ashley and john and i said you know i'll 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 reach out to them and see if you know they'd be interested in breeding to her and and they were they said yeah we, we we're breeder and um I said, you know, I said, let's, we don't, we don't have a crossbreed or we don't have a, a blue tick, English. let's, let's just try to cross and see what it's like, you know, country producing. And we knew birdie uh, was a real nice female too. And so let's, let's uh, see, see what we can do. And we had, we had some pups, we had nine pups and a bunch of them screen coons. And she was the only female, it was eight males and one, one female. And we kept her and Miles has done an outstanding job with her. I hunt, I hunt with her some. And um, he's, he started her and, and got her going. And we've worked on a couple of things here and there. and um, I don't know. It's not that I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not breed minded or, or anything. It doesn't, it doesn't matter to me. I know some guys are. Um, I'll hunt a chihuahua if it's if it's okay. If, if you can register as a crossbreed and it's training coons, I, I, I know what wins hunts and having a coons what wins all the other mumbo jumbo stuff don't don't win a hunt but if you got a coon when you get there you you're going to win a majority of your hunts and i don't i don't don't care what kind of breed they are really
0: yeah i just i i had a conversation earlier today i got a a a guy posted on facebook and he was looking for a, a, a english dog that had some walker dog in their background and I have a female here at the house that is, she's registered through UKC as a red tick English and, and PKC, but on her bottom side, it is loaded with Walker dogs, not heat abby, bad habit, stylish hickory, nut Harry, And I have a pup here that I'm going to, I'm going to move because I just got too many young dogs and he called me. He's just a pleasure hunter and he you know that's one of the things he brought up to me was he just he he likes the crossbreeding dogs he says you know he he breeds for what he what he's looking for you know in a dog between dogs and it don't matter to him what breed they are but when he breeds dogs that that's what he's he's breeding for is what he likes and he said he likes to crossbreed uh line of dogs because he, he feels like their immune system is a little bit stronger and don't have quite as many issues as some other dogs, whether that's true or not, you know, that's your say, but I I just kind of found that interesting that you you mostly hunted Walker dogs and y'all, y'all have that, that dog there together.
1: Yeah. And like I said, it doesn't matter to me. She, she's a, she's a coon tree and that's what I like. And, um, you know, I, I've always hunted walker dogs. I, I like the walker, the walker breed for sure. Um, it's been very good to me. Um, but it, like I said, it doesn't matter. Um, any dog that pleases you, you know, it might not please the next man. So um, some people probably wouldn't like to hunt sell, um, but you know, he, he pleases me and he, me and him, we jail together, we fit together. Um, my partner bruce he, he you know they didn't really get get along too you know too good together i guess they didn't operate together it's just my ex-partner anyway it it's just whatever um you know whatever dog that that hits you i'd say hunt it because if you breeding for your what what fits you you know you, you got that's what you got to go with and and you'll do do a whole lot better as long as the dog pleases you if the dog don't please you you're probably not gonna want hunt as much as you need to and and do the things and you're not going to do well in hunts because um it's just things are not going to line up for you
0: yeah and i just interviewed mr jr last year i had that episode come out a couple of weeks ago and that's one of the things he said he said it, it don't matter what breed it is he said just get something that you like and you can you know crossbreed register it or whatever if you want to hunt and hunt or pleasure hunt or whatever just get what you like and hunt it that's all that that's matters it. And, and i thought that was pretty interesting um before i get i've had you almost an hour i mean it's hard to believe we have already been on here almost an hour but i've had you almost an hour before i get to the last question here tell us a little bit about how cell operates like high-end strike dog low-end strike dog kind of what his mouth is and kind of a a a verbal description of him here
1: he's a he's a very high-end strike dog we get struck for 100 a lot um Uh, he's he's got a dinosaur nose he's best one of the best dogs best noses on a dog that i've ever hunted with he can smell coon tracks and um that other dogs don't i I feel like um he just he gets in there and gets struck and he's a he's a trailing machine if they're down he can tree him pop them up just as fast as any of them and um if they're not down he can trail one up but you say oh ain't no way he's gonna finish that track but he he trails it and finishes it has a coon at the end of it he doesn't tree a lot of den trees um most time it's a coon he's very accurate like i said he's he's got he's got one of the best noses um his mouth he's well above average mouth he's got a real good mouth um he got a good locate and um he's he makes it pretty easy on me. He's pretty independent. He, you know, out the truck, he might be with a dog, but other than that, he's, he's on a one track to go, no trick tricoon somewhere. And he gets over there by himself and makes it easy to call. Just, just, just strike him and tree him.
0: Yeah. Well, that definitely helps when they make it easy on you and they get in there and, and do their job. Um, right. all right. Last question here. I, I know I've had you about an hour, but, um, tell us a funny or serious coon hunting story that you have.
1: Well, I'd say the, the, the funniest story I have coon hunting. We were at the world hunt. Um, much of us standing in the house together. I had Mr. Billy Allen and Mr. Miles and, um, Ken Strickland. And we were all, we were all there at the world hunt. And, um, I hunted, hunted sleazy dog the first night and we got, got her in doubled up. And I thought that was, that was the first time I ever doubled up at the world hunting. Um, I thought that was kind of the, the best thing in the world, you know, you know, here, here I have doubled up the world hunting. It's, it's hard to do. It's not, it's not easy. There's a lot of dogs there and a lot of good dogs. And, um, we doubled up. and I had, um, on my phone, the song, we are, we are the champions. And, um, I came in at, I don't know, right at daylight, playing that song and woke everybody up in the house. And, but uh, I'm I'm 41 years old, so I was probably about 30, 38, 39 at the time. And these other men, they they're in their 60s and 70s, and he's 50. And um, I'm waking them up, going room to room, and and uh, that I won, and and it it was pretty, it was a pretty funny joke for him the first night. Um, the sec the second night, I got got Buddy and I hunted him and. I came in at daylight and did the same thing and you know it was it was pretty funny and and uh by the third night i got amtrak in when i when i came in they didn't think it was so funny anymore because <laughs> i was waking them up they, they were happy for me but i was waking them up every night at five or six o'clock in the morning and uh it was very little sleep that week but it was a, it was a funny time and a, and a great time to, to share with, with friends and and um I times i won't never forget i just remember waking those guys up and we were laughing you know you, you you think most people sleep sleeping at four or five in the morning and us coon hunters we you know we're up laughing and, and they telling me to tell them you know what happened and can't believe you you got a dog you know got a dog in it's just it was some good funny moments
0: yeah and you know that's That's one of the things that as doing these podcasts and talking to different people from different parts of the country, one of the common things that I always, always hear is coon hunters coming together, having a good time, coon hunters coming together, helping one another, or even helping in their communities. And I I think that gets overlooked in our sport a lot, and I think that's an important aspect of our sport of the camaraderie that is built between hunters, whether you're competitors or not, uh, you can be fierce competitors. W- when, when that stopwatch gets set to go and when it's all over with, you're still there to shake their hand or help them out if they need a hand.
1: Oh yeah. And that's, I mean, a lot of people don't, don't see that, you know, I, I've i got, you know, the snow of and, you know, the congratulations you get, um, you know, after you do win a big hunt, you know, just showing that everybody's not jealous. I mean, there's, I probably got three or 400 text messages and 500 comments on Facebook and different things after, you know, we won. And, um, you know, it's just, it's unbelievable the amount of the camaraderie, like you said, with these hunters and, you know, um, you know people like me and Steve went up against each other and, and, and we're, we're, we're talking, you know text each other talk on the phone and you know every time i see him is you know shake each other's hand and um you meet a lot of life lifelong friends that you could call any day um and they would they would be there for you and do whatever and that you know it helps to help the community gets the youth involved and um, they about to put on the national youth national championship and the guys called and asked if you know I, I told him I couldn't come if I had help we we donated a light here from South Carolina for him and um you know it's it just it, it's an outreach it goes it goes way on past what people just think we're out in the woods all all, all night at hours all hours of the night and and um and doing things but it it stretches you know you, you meet people lifetime friends um out there hunting you get closer with people. I mean, Mr. me and Mr. Miles was grew up together and around each other. And he's 66, 67 years old. And he'd always come by our Napa store and ask me how the hunting was going and all. And we ended up partners in on a dog. And he texted me just a little while ago. We talked on the phone about every day and built a relationship. And we we 20 years apart in age. But um, we respect each other. And, and, and Coon hunting brought us together. He's, he's, he's a good friend of mine now.
0: Yeah. And I interviewed Chuck Kenson, uh, it's been several, several months back, but he, uh, he said, one of the things he said was he was looking for a coon dog and he found a brother, uh, with, with his buddy, Brett Stevens, and which we've all three become pretty good friends now. And, um, and that, you know, that's, that's what it's about it. You know, we can get out there and we can be, we draw out on the same cast. We can be, be competitors, but, you know, when, when that buzzer goes off and that one hour or 90 minutes or two hours is up in the end, you know, we, we walk away buddies and, and shake each other hand and congratulate one another or whoever won the cast and, you know, be there for one another. And that's that's really what it's about. And I think it's important to show that sportsmanship, especially when there are younger men on, on that cast there because they they don't want to see a bunch of grown-ups out there arguing and fussing, you know, over stuff you handle it like adults handle not like sportsmen and and move on with it.
1: Yes, it's just like anything else. I mean, you you're going to win some and you're going to lose some. Um the same the same football team don't normally win a national championship um uh, in football and you know, they got to shake hands after every game um on the football field, probably one of the the best things in the sport. Um that they do, you know, they, they show sportsmanship and they shake each other's hand, win, lose, or draw. Same team don't win the Super Bowl every year. I mean, what whatever whatever level you at, whatever sports you at, the, the cycle goes on, you're not gonna always be in the winner's circle. So it you might as well just go and have a good time and shake hands and, and meet friends and and, and and learn life lessons out there. I mean that's that's what it's all about. You just you meet people that you'll 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 know 20 years from now 30 years from now different ages you get and then you have the youth get involved you, you learn you learn that you know you have another edge there that you get get a young man involved that might not have been doing the right things or or whatever or needed you and needed needed a father figure in his life so it's coon hunting is it's a great sport and um they might might don't always get all the credit it deserves but um, i i think I thank the Lord every day that we have organizations like pro sport and PKC and UKC that, that they, they allow us to go and compete. And then, like you said, at the end of the day, you can shake hands and, and be friends and, and tell stories and and laugh.
0: Yeah, that's, that's what it's about. But, Football, I, I'm I'm tired of seeing Nick Saban shaking hands out there. I will say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My, Just, uh, my, a... my my wife don't listen to this, but she's she's an Alabama fan, and I'm an Auburn fan, so you, you can only imagine how that goes.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. We of course we have Clemson here, and, and I've always been a Clemson fan. I played college football at Newberry College, and, and um, my dad was a Carolina fan, and my uncle was a Clemson fan. I. We had a family business, so I was with with my uncle on Saturday. So I watched Clemson. I ended up becoming a Clemson fan, and I can relate to you with the uh, with the uh, um, Alabama and Clemson because my wife's from Alabama and she's a she's an Alabama fan, and uh, of course I'm I'm a Clemson fan, and it, it don't go very well when we get beat by them.
0: Yeah, well I I understand that's football, college football in the South is is serious business for sure. Uh, I mean it's it it can get 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 serious and get heated real quick
1: yes sir can.
0: well we uh we've been at it just over an hour and before i let you go and give you opportunity to to thank anybody anybody that's he- helped you get get to where where you're at winning like you are and uh any sponsors that you might want to want to thank while, while i got you on here publicly
1: okay I'd, I'd like to thank my partner ken strickland and um he's done a lot for me we uh We've offshore fished together and competed and we've um, had these dogs since I pretty much got started Him and him and Jack Funderbird. Thank both of them. They, they kind of got me going in the competition part of it. And I Got my partner to hunt with me about every night. John. High, I have to thank him. He, he always always there for me whether we go into the world hunting he's picking me up or um, Picking me up out the woods or walking with me in the woods or whatever and Johnny Altman he's 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 been a lot of help to me and he's helped me with the breeding aspect especially with sale. i want to thank him mr miles of course partner good friend my family mom and dad wife and kids for putting up with me for all the crazy coon hunting the nights that we stay out and tired the next day and have a birthday party or something They, they look at me and i'm dragging but uh we still they still love me no matter what they support me i'd like to thank uh he said some sponsors, Joy Dog Food. They've always been, been good to us. We, we've had the best um milk out of any female we have when we put her on that puppy food from from Joy. They've they've helped us out a lot. And, um, talked to Wade about about the Joy Food, and he's he's enlightened us on a lot of things. And um, having Hunt Supplies, Nighttime Hunt Supplies, and, and and Johnny Dalton and them guys always getting us all our our supplies we need, um especially at the hunts they've always they've always looked out for us and that's about it i believe
0: all right man well that's that's awesome i really appreciate you taking your time to be on the coonhound collective podcast today we're we're just over an hour and about an hour and seven or eight minutes here and i don't want to take up any more of your time uh i really appreciate you taking time and telling us about uh your kind of walk through there with with some of your dogs and cell especially and Man, what a what a accomplishment to to win the nationals at and the super stakes and in the same year with the same dog. I mean, that's that's just unreal. But uh, Sean, I really appreciate you being here on the Coonhound Collective. And I am not gonna say we're gonna hit the woods today because it's about hundred degrees, so I'm not hitting the woods tonight. But yes, till sir. till next week, we'll see you then. Thanks, guys, for listening to the Coonhound Collective podcast today. We really appreciate you taking your time out of your day to listen to the podcast. If you don't mind, head over to Facebook and give us a like, and head over to Instagram and give us a follow. It's both at The Coonhound Collective. Also, if you would like to reach us here at The Coonhound Collective, you can reach us at Collective at gmail.com. If there's someone that you would like to hear on the podcast or a product that you would like to hear talked about, please send it to the Collective at gmail.com.
1: Thanks, Thanks again, have a great day.